Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlewood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, Women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. It began long ago. Two young boys in an American town riding their bikes to school and little league practice. Over the years, the boys became fast friends, united in their love for stories where things would go horribly wrong. Pour yourself a strong beverage and buckle up. You're in the shallow end with Schnebley and Toth. Hey, we did it. We got through Thanksgiving. Yes, we did. And uh, with little or no bloodshed, which is nice, I think. Yeah. This was your first Thanksgiving um, in another country, I believe. Right. And there is no Thanksgiving celebration here. So it was kind of nice. because A couple of times we're like, oh, man, we forgot to get something. Well, the stores are closed. Oh, wait, no, no. They don't give a crap about American Thanksgiving here in in Ecuador. And uh, that's personally beneficial to me. The only thing that didn't go over well was you and Kat showing up in pilgrim costumes, right? (laughs) Well, it's not the first time we've done that since we've been here. Um, It's... It was between the pilgrim outfit or togas. We weren't sure, so we went with... Well, either way, you're guaranteed a party, right? That's right. We uh, we bring the party with us, my friend. You should know that by now. <laughs> well, would you like to go first? Yeah, I, I'll go first only because it's sort of holi- mine is a little holiday related. Sounds good. As it is. It takes place, J.G., in a sweet, small southern town called Taswell, Tennessee, which sits in Claiborne County, Tennessee. This is about 50 miles northwest of Knoxville, Tennessee. Home, I would point out, of the Tennessee Volunteers. I've actually been to Tennessee, to Knoxville, to go to a a Volunteers football game. And I don't know if you've ever been there, pal, but that stadium on a Saturday night when the Vols are playing... Oh, yeah. Forget it. You you swear it's the the thing is going to come down. It feels like it literally rocks, and they are singing... Rocky Top, and it's just, it's <laughs> madness. It's madness. I've not been to the stadium. I have been to uh, Knoxville. Our very first live show that we did uh, was in Nashville. Oh, okay. And we took a couple of days and went to uh, Pigeon Forge. Never heard, I mean, never been to, but have always heard of Pigeon Forge. And I just thought it, that's got to be one of the coolest names of a town in America. It's a great town, and, and there's lots of interesting stuff there, including the uh, the Murder and Crime Museum, which was one of the reasons that we, we went. But we flew out of Knoxville uh, Airport. Was that the museum that actually made you both queasy, or was that a different one? Many, many times I've been queasy at museums. Um, 
<laughs> but that's not in regard to the subject matter, right? No, no, not in this case. Uh, actually, it was strange because, yeah, they had like uh, John Wayne Gacy's clown outfit. Oh, my God. That was a Ooh. little dark. Yeah. Oy, yeah. Oy, oy, oy. yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Ted Bundy's VW. Wow. Yeah. The actual beat VW. And the actual uh, white Bronco uh, from O.J. Simpson. From the O.J. Chase? Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. Some interesting stuff. Boy, it sounds like it's worth going just to see the cars. <laughs> yes, I would say I would say yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, this is actually a, a very sweet town, Tazewell, Tennessee. It's a small town. It's only got about 2,400 people. But they have something this, this time of year called the Claiborne County Christmas Festival. Hmm. And it's got children's activities. It's got vendors. It's got food. But does it have John Wayne Gacy's clown outfit? That's my question. It doesn't say anything on the Facebook page about come to the Claiborne County Christmas Festival and see John Wayne Gacy's clown costume. My guess is, were that a featured item that they would put that right, probably right at the top of their social media. <laughs> this is actually, this couldn't be more contrary to something like that. It It is just about as saccharine sweet, and I mean that in a good way, as you could possibly get. They've got, this is, this is what their Facebook page says. We have lots of kids' activities. We have Santa and Mrs. Claus available for photos. How sweet is that? Mm-hmm. They've got food trucks. They got, you know, vendors, local merchants who are selling holiday things like ornaments and, and Christmas wreaths and stockings. They have live music. But the highlight of, of this uh, event is a kid's tractor parade, which is just a cool idea. <laughs> That's at 5.30 p.m. And then after it gets dark, like after dusk, they have a lighted tractor parade and that includes a salute to veterans and farmers. Isn't that cool? That is very cool. But my question is, are the children driving full-size farm machinery? <laughs> no, they're not. Okay. Now, that that might be actually, if anyone from the Claiborne County Christmas Festival is listening, a way to spice up next year's <laughs> 2024 festival. Mm-hmm. Put, you know, infants behind the wheel of these giant John yeah. Deere yeah. tractors and combines and just yeah. send them down Main Street and see what happens. Put a toddler behind the wheel of an international harvester. I love this idea. I think I think we might be onto a whole a whole new kind of kind of parade. <laughs> One of the highlights of this event, the Claiborne County Christmas Festival is the arrival of Santa's train. And it's pretty cool. It's it, You can probably imagine what they've done is taken one of them fancy schmancy riding lawnmowers <laughs> and they've outfitted it to look like a Christmas locomotive. Okay. And you can see the photos of this thing on their Facebook page. And it's really cool because it's, it's the locomotive itself. And then there are, are two cars that are pulled by this locomotive, and that's where parents and their kids ride along Main Street in Tazewell, Tennessee, and wave to friends and, <laughs> you know, get their photos taken. It's just, there's just something so sweet about this that it, it just really struck me what, what, what a cool event this is. Now, on the back of this locomotive, in fact, there's a big sign that reads Santa Fe Choo Choo, but the Santa 
you see, is sort of a double entendre uh-huh. because it's it's Santa's train, uh-huh. but it's Santa Fe, of course, is the well-known uh, rail company, rail, railroad. Well, a few Saturdays ago, this was actually, I believe, on November 11th, Santa's train is indeed chugging down Main Street in sweet Tazewell, Tennessee. And everybody is having fun, right? You got parents, you got their their kids on, on mom and dad's lap riding in this train. People are taking photos. They're waving to friends. But some of the parents start noticing <laughs> something might be just a little off with the Santa Fe choo-choo. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. Now, fortunately, there's no there's no harm done to anybody. There's no no nobody's hurt. No, there's no property damage. Nothing like that. But the parents, after a period of time, think, "Huh, Santa's not driving the Santa Fe choo choo. It's just a guy. <laughs> it's just a guy in jeans and a red plaid shirt." <laughs> Did anybody recognize him, or was he just a wayward drifter? <laughs> well, the, what they what they noticed about is not only Santa not driving the Santa Fe Choo Choo, but this Choo Choo is not exactly driving in a straight line. Uh oh, uh oh, little <laughs> little bit of a little bit of a serpentine kind of you know S shape thing, and at first. And, you know, this makes sense when you see something like this and you think, well, this must be legit. I mean, we're at the we're at the 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 holiday festival. Right. It's the Santa's train. It right. says Santa Fe choo choo. Uh-huh. So if he's driving kind of erratically, it, it it must make sense. There must be a reason like maybe he's trying to make the route, I don't know, a little more interesting for mom and dad and, and the onlookers. But this continues to the point where. Now you got an increasing number of parents who are kind of st- staring at flannel shirt guy behind the wheel. <laughs> and finally, somebody says to a member of the Taswell Police Department, hey, uh, you know, there's that guy driving Santa's train and it's not Santa. And we're wondering if maybe you should have a, I don't know, a little, little chit chat with, with the guy behind the wheel of Santa's, Santa's choo-choo. So the cops start watching the guy and they realize, yeah, this this probably isn't the best idea because he's not hurting anybody. He's not driving into buildings or cars or other people. But this doesn't really look like the safest parade behavior for the Santa Fe choo-choo. <laughs> so they go over to the locomotive and they are introduced to a gentleman named Henry Meade. And after a bit of conversation, the police officer from the Taswell Police Department says, you know, Mr. Wannabe Santa, why don't you hop out of that locomotive for me and and let's have a let's have a little discussion here by the. I'd like you to blow into this little candy cane. (laughs) Well, we'll we'll pretend it's a candy cane. Yeah, right. (laughs) Just pretend it's a candy cane, sir. 
and you'll be just fine. Where is Santa? Did Henry overpower him in the parking lot of a Dollar General store? Well, or? that's that's actually where my first thought was, why isn't Santa driving the Santa Fe choo-choo? They find Santa in the back parking lot with a head wound. <laughs> and his hands tied behind his back. And a Christmas stocking stuffed in his mouth. Santa, thank God, we thought you were gone forever. <laughs> As I said, fortunately, no one has been hurt and everybody's fine. But here's the interesting sight. You've got this this deliciously old school America, uh, you know, event small town in the south with with parents and their kids and and music and crafts and now you got the uh the taswell police who've got you know kind of a formed a circle around the guy who just minutes before had been driving santa's train but they notice that mr mead is as they put it a bit unsteady on his mm-hmm. feet mm-hmm. so to J.G.'s point, one of the police officers finally says, you know, Mr. Mead, I think we're going to conduct a little field sobriety test. Oh, no. And sure enough, mm-hmm. he is deemed to be under the influence of either alcohol or narcotics of some kind. And they take him into custody and they actually, <laughs> I don't even know if this part's funny, but they they find things on his person that none of Santa's elves would really have any reason to be carrying. Like a, like a crack pipe? <laughs> well, pretty darn close. A syringe, oh boy. meth, yeah. and other narcotics on this, on this guy's person. That's very un-Santa-like. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's a good thing, I'm thinking, Lince, it's a good thing that uh, he didn't uh, also commandeer the, the, a Santa costume, because how traumatic would that have been for the children? Wow, see, I didn't even think they about that. They slapped the cuffs on Santa. Mommy, was Santa doing meth? <laughs> say, say it ain't so, Santa, say it ain't so. <laughs> He's doing the perp walk, you know? Hurling insults and epithets at the cops. Yep. I know where you effing live. I'm going to come and burn your house down. <laughs> So the guy is placed under arrest Uh for possession of those illegal materials. Now, the town's mayor and the police chief, (laughs) quick thinking, released a joint statement pointing out that Mr. Meade was not hired by the city Mm -hmm. for the parade, but rather one of the vendors had independently contracted with Mr. Meade to operate the Santa Fe choo-choo. Uh-huh. But the police department and the mayor point out, despite this, the Tazewell Police Department responded swiftly to the incident, ensuring the safety of event attendees. The rapid action taken by our law enforcement underscores our commitment to public safety. It's important to note that in a one-eighth of a mile radius on Main Street during this event, we had 14 police officers (laughs) on foot patrol for several thousand attendees. Public safety is paramount on any day at any time, and this event is no different. Wow. So so fortunately, no one was hurt. My guess is that after Mr. Meade was escorted wobbling to the nearest police car, that somebody else, who was not under the influence, jumped behind the wheel of the Santa Fe choo-choo and said, Hey, kids, who wants to go for a train ride? And everything ended up okay. 
Let's not forget, though, that when you say the Santa Fe Fe, uh, Railroad locomotive, what it really is is a riding lawnmower. (laughs) (laughs) Pulling wagons with adults sitting in in the back of them. That part doesn't bother me. What what would concern me is if I saw an actual railroad track, (laughs) like the, the stretch between Tucson and Phoenix that you and I have seen so long. You look over to see, to see not a locomotive pulling eighty freight cars, but rather a riding lawnmower. That would be yeah, that would be that would be cool. Actually, free advertising tip to John Deere: why not why not donate a lawnmower, a riding lawnmower, to the Santa Fe Railroad and see if you can pull a train with it? <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. My sources were themessenger.com, WATE, and the Tazewell Police Department. Hello everyone, it's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. It's happened to all of us. You slip some tissues into your pocket because you got a winter cold or runny nose, but when you reach for one later, it's fallen out of your pocket without you knowing. Never let that happen again. Introducing new Anvil Tissues, the only tissues you're guaranteed to hear when they hit the ground. Imagine walking to your office and hearing this, or out for a bike ride, or just relaxing in front of the TV. Anvil tissues are the only tissue you're guaranteed to hear when they fall from your pocket or purse. Due to their construction of strong metal, anvil tissues are extremely heavy. People with sensitive noses should not use anvil tissues as they may irritate the skin. Do not drop anvil tissues on your feet as they may break your toes. Anvil tissues should not be used in place of a real anvil as their soothing emollients may be slippery when working with metals. Anvil tissues. You'll never lose another tissue. Our email address is lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. We got an email from a woman named Anya. I presume it's a woman named Anya. She says, hey, Lindsay and JG, I was listening to episode 58 today at work with a story about the fishing tournament cheating. You remember that one, pal? I do. The guys who had stuffed uh, weights (laughs) into the bellies of fish Mm -hmm. and they illegally were declared winners of a fishing tournament. Yeah turned into a whole big thing. She continues, this isn't so much my own dip into the shallow end, but I swear that guy's name sounds familiar to me, the perpetrator. Why? It's beyond me. Anyways, I did one of those fishing tournaments as a kid while my mother was off on a trip to nice warm Puerto Rico. I was stuck going along with my dad fishing as I was young enough to not be left home alone that long. I was nine years old. It was in Minnesota in January. I'm so sorry, Anya. It's nothing compared to the approximately $30,000 prize money that you described in your story. But with the biggest fish that Dad caught that day, I successfully won a neon orange winter hat and $23. Wow. $23 because the fish was 23 centimeters or something like that. I know, not a super exciting story, but I was rather excited by this as a small child. I love the podcast from you guys. I'm slowly working my way through it at work. Thanks for making my days go by faster with fun stories. Much love, 
Anya. Thank you, Anya. Appreciate that. At nine years old in Minnesota in January. Only a nine-year-old would think, this is fine, weather-wise, <laughs> right? I'm good. I don't know. I don't know, pal. I grew up in northern Maine, and uh, there were several times, like, it would be so cold going to school that the moisture in my eyes would freeze my eyelids shut. <sighs> You're not making that up. How does that... I'm not how, making it how up. Do you tr- how do you treat that? You you put your hand your your fingers over it and warm your eyes up, but I I remember taking a deep breath through my nose and my nostrils froze shut. <laughs> and and this is not a joke. No, I believe you. The local radio station in the winter time would make public service announcements warning kids. Because the snowbanks were so high, not to touch the power lines. Oh, my God. And I I remember, and this is not a lie, I remember seeing uh, on a country road the telephone poles completely covered. You could just see, like, wires sticking out of the snowbank from, from Holy cow. time to so time. So if, if you were eager enough and stupid enough, you could actually have climbed up oh. on the snowdrift and yeah. wrapped, your, wrapped your little mitts around <laughs> yep. a live electrical wire. That's exactly Gee right. Gee, many Christmas. I know. Gee, many Christmas. Oh, those were I the think days. the coldest I've ever been was when I was with Disney. I was at a, we did a video shoot in Sioux Falls, South Dakota in mid-December. And with the wind chill, it was 53 mm-hmm. below zero. Yep. That'll which I'm it. sure is like an average, an average winter in Maine. Like, <laughs> oh, that ain't nothing. No, it does. It it gets down that cold. No question. And it about hurts it. to breathe. It does. That's what I remember most. It, it hurts, hurts to breathe. Hurts to breathe. Glad you're someplace warmer now. Now, if I can just get the power to stay on, uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's not one thing, right? That's what they say. You're in the shallow end with Schnapply and Tall. My story takes place in 2014 in England. Martin oh. Martin Hotby and Pat Dyson. Um, they left their home in, uh, Lancashire, uh, with the, you know, the usual checklist, you know, keep things in mind. Doors locked. Yep. Windows secured. Sure. Lights on the timer. Okay. Um, the usual precautions taken to ensure that upon your return, uh, your house will be just as you leave it peaceful and exactly. undisturbed. Precisely. What they didn't expect was for their home to be the setting for a modern-day fable much like Goldilocks. Oh, I'm intrigued. Go on. As they pulled into the driveway, returning from their well-deserved break, the first hint that something was amiss might have been, uh, it, was, it was a subtle thing, but uh, the mail and their, and their newspapers on their doorstep uh, on their doormat, uh, had been displaced. A, a minor detail, easily yeah. dismissed as the work of maybe yeah. a, a careless postman. Um, but as they stepped over the threshold, a sense of unease began to grow. The home mm-hmm. that they had left, uh, and it, quote, wasn't too tidy, uh, according to Mrs. Dyson. It seemed neat and orderly. They were, this makes no sense. Yeah, they were bewildered. Like somebody broke in and tidied up? 
Yes, that's what happened, like Linz. A reverse reverse vandalism? Yeah, somebody broke into their house and tidied up the kitchen. The dishes were all done. Instead of right, rifling through their belongings, he, uh, he cleaned their place up, and then he went grocery shopping for them. Uh, wow. Thoughtful selection of groceries. The kind one would buy for family. And nice. certainly not the kind of thing that you would expect from a burglar. The guy's name was Lukas Chosnowski, and they found him asleep in their bed. Wow. Like Goldilocks. He was a, a 28-year-old, for, originally from Poland, but uh, now resides in Leeds. His actions suggested uh, a narrative far removed from a desperate smash-and-grab scenario that one might associate with a home invasion. Instead, here's a guy who just broke in, tidied up, and made himself at home. <laughs> he cooked some meals, Clean the dishes. Well, you, you get hungry when you break into somebody's house to go cleaning, right? Yes, that's what I hear. He even yeah. did their laundry. Um, <laughs> How considerate. <laughs> I don't really quite understand what his motive was here, but uh, perhaps it was a spur-of-the-moment act uh, driven by necessity rather than malice. Maybe when he broke in, he felt bad and thought, geez, you know, this place is a mess, so I'm going <laughs> to... Rather than ransack it and steal their cash and jewels, I'm just going to clean it up for them. Right. He even... <laughs> he was there long enough to do his own laundry, too. He uh, washed his own socks and underwear. Smart. Um, the only thing that was destroyed, uh, according to the owners, was apparently he, he mistakenly burnt a saucepan. Oh, well. Yeah. It could be forgiven. First day jitters, you're not used to the cookware. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. Stove is much hotter than mine. Yeah, you're heating up some soup. The next thing you know, it bursts into flames. Um, right. Mrs. Dyson said, you know, he ruined my saucepan, but things happen. <laughs> What a very British way, stiff upper lip. Yes, that's right? what I thought, too. It's very, very British. So they find him sleeping in the bed, and um, but he had done his dishes and cleaned up, and they felt more sympathy than anything else. So they, they just call the police, and the police <laughs> gently arouse him. I picture them poking him with a nightstick. Yeah. And it must have seemed surreal to him. But they gently removed him. There was no violence. There was nothing. The guy just kind of got up and went, right then, I'm off. So they so did they arrest him? Yeah. But but they, gen okay. they gently right. ushered him from the scene of his courteous crime. His appearance at the Burnley Crown Court, they were pretty lenient. They, they gave him two years conditional discharge and a fine. Pretty lenient sentence. That sounds lenient. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, he did no damage. He actually improved the property while he was there. And the couple <laughs> kind of felt bad for him. The community's response to his break-in adds a, a whole other layer. The window cleaner was there while the couple was gone and he was cleaning the windows and he saw the guy inside and he was like vacuuming 
And uh, he just thought, well, it must be their grandson or something. Sure, that's what I'd think, yeah. Yeah, so he, he seemed very familiar with the place and very comfortable, just vacuuming there in his underwear. <laughs> so they felt more sympathy than anything else, and they didn't press any charges. Or Was it desperation that drove him to uh, break into their house, or was it maybe just a, a need for connection uh, maybe he just wanted the comfort and warmth of a home but he uh he was meticulous in the way he did it and they felt like well you know what he's suffered enough he good for them he apologized uh and and i think that uh he offered to mow their lawn um after that <laughs> as a uh, as an apology uh That's sweet martin and pat upon reflection, find themselves checking their locks a bit more, but also pondering what that was all about. It wouldn't it be funny if they developed a, a strong friendship with this guy and they actually kind sure. of adopt him as, uh, as like a grandson or something. And yeah. it all started with, with a break-in, with a burglary. With a break-in. Yeah, it's interesting. This reminds me somewhat of a car that I see on a regular basis that Nancy and I uh, pass Every morning when we do our hike, about half a mile from our house, there's a car that I have looked at every time I pass it. It's parked on the street. And I think, God, that thing needs to be washed in detail. <laughs> that car, that could look so nice. And I think, okay, how would you do that? If you could, if you could somehow st steal it, yeah. drive it to the car wash, mm -hmm. vacuum it, you know, detail it yourself and then park it back the next morning before the owners woke up. Would the, How long would it take for them to come out and think, wait a minute, why does my car look so nice? I strongly encourage you to uh, to do that, Lens. And uh, yeah, yeah I mean, video record it. S see what happens. Just see what happens. Yeah. The only drag would be when you're pulled over by the local police and you have to explain... Yeah, I know this was reported stolen, but I was just going to wash it and detail it <laughs> yeah. and bring it back. You can do it, Linz. Do I look like a car thief? You still remember how to hotwire a vehicle, right? Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, once yeah. you who learn that, us, that's, you know. Who among us growing up in Tucson <laughs> didn't learn how to get that Impala out of your neighbor's garage? <laughs> uh, my information comes from the BBC. Uh, sometimes... Life's scripts, stories that are stranger than you would expect. In this case, intruders break into your house and tidy up. It could happen. Have you ever had anybody break into your house? Had my car broken into, but never, never been burglarized. I came home one night. This was many, many years ago, like 20 years ago. And my front door was open. And I thought, that's weird. I didn't think... Ah, I've been broken into. I thought, well, it's weird. My door's open. And then I step inside and all of my drawers are open and the cupboard Ugh. doors are open and yeah. cushions are off of the furniture. They were clearly looking for something. Uh, the only thing that I saw that was missing was a six pack of beer in the refrigerator. That's the only thing. They ransacked my place and stole a six-pack of Bud Light. Hey, at least it wasn't, you know, like Stella Artois or something really expensive. At least it was just Bud Light. <laughs> yeah, I was young and foolish. 
not slamming our friends at Anheuser-Busch St. Louis, Missouri. And if they wanted to advertise, we'd, we'd say real nice things about them. We'd be more than happy. We'd be happier if Stella Artois wanted to advertise, <laughs> but, uh, you know. Yes. We'll take all comers at this stage. The Shallow End. If you want to send us an email, we love hearing from you. Lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. Send us your truly... uh, stories or your comments or, we, you know, recipes for the holiday season. I was going to say holiday gift ideas, unusual gift ideas. We'd love to hear them. And until we meet again, try to remember to make good choices for crying out loud. Your life might depend on it. So concludes another episode of The Shallow End with Schnebley and Toff. We thank you for listening. Oh, be a dear, would you? Please subscribe to this podcast, give these boys a five-star rating, and think of something nice to say, even if you have to make something up. And visit us online at shallowendpodcast.com. Okay, gotta go. <laughs>